Hello and welcome to another episode of the Ball and All podcast. It's episode 23, Game Week 20 review. Follow us on Twitter at BNA Podcast. Join the conversation, hashtag BNA Podcast. Join our fantasy football, though I don't really want to talk about this anymore. <laughs> but join our fantasy football, 686-834-151968. Guys, enjoyed this week's football? It was interesting. Well, it was for United fans, it was good for me. <laughs> it was it was good for a lot of fans, though. Um, a lot of good. For not so much for Southampton fans because not only their result, but the results that happened around them. They got a tough run of games coming up, so we'll get into that. It wasn't good for Arsenal fans. As I was well, about to yeah. say that's that's probably the worst of the lot. But well, yeah. We're starting at the events at Anfield. Yeah, Arsenal yep. got their <laughs> their ass handed. <laughs> <laughs> This is well. It's a, this is a typical battering that they well they used to get this regularly on the Wenger, but this is that on the Emery they thought yeah things have changed. They turn up to Anfield, take the lead, then get beat five one. <laughs> so it just shows that the defensive frailties are still there. The defensive frailties are still there, and like they weren't they didn't even take a convincing lead. <laughs> it's not like they were even bossing it before that came up. Like. A little bit against runner play, if I'm if I'm honest, but it's yeah, it was it was terrible all over. I mean, everybody's talking about the defensive frailties, um, and they've always, they 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 do still have their defensive problems. But I think that the problems is more with the defensive personnel rather than the players that weren't available for the day. Obviously, Liverpool at home, they were obviously going to go for it, being where they were at the table. Arsenal, see, I don't know. It seemed like they set up. Right in terms of when you look at the players they had on the pitch, seemed fine. I mean, they had injuries and that, so like you mentioned before, Holden wasn't playing and whatnot. So maybe yeah. it's not the f- first choice of three at the back. But at the same time, the goal they let in the first one, the second one, comical. Fourth, it it just set the tone for the game. You knew they weren't up for it at all. There's nothing that could actually change. And at, at that minute, I think after the first goal, I was watching it too with my three of my brother-in-laws, and I told the all Arsenal fans, I told them. This is gonna be a five one. They're all like, you know, you know, you know the optimistic, you know, we can still do it. I was like, if you can concede a goal like that, and, and then what five well, how long was it till Vimeo scored the next one? Was it three or five minutes or something like that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't so remember. It was, so close. It was close. And I was, was like close. even that goal, the yeah, way two, that, two minutes in between for me, it, it was yeah. You know, and I was like, you can't expect anything else to happen because of how well Liverpool have been playing. And they played the f- um, top four, which is Shakiri, Salah, Firmino, Mane. All but, of them are on, so had, like they managed to let they managed to let a reply goal in like almost immediately again it was like uh, that United game they didn't have a chance to be like alright we're 1-0 up we can calm things down and keep the ball um, and and as bad as the defence was I think it's the whole team or alright maybe not the whole team the defence and the midfield obviously Aubameyang can bang when he, when he gets the chance but well, he like, missed an open goal. He did miss an open goal from quite close. It would have been offside anyway, so he gets a blinder. Uh, fair enough. <laughs> it, would, it was a close offside as well. But then, yeah, they did blow for the offside. But for me, I'm just saying, like, everyone's talking about Arsenal's defence, Arsenal's defence. Two shots on target for the whole game. And both of those were in the first half. And one of them was the goal. Like, you can't tell me that the defence caused you not to have any attack. Hey, so, but out of this, from, correct me if I'm wrong, but from what you're taking from this, then, this is more down to the players than the manager. Is that what you're saying? Is like, I think it's undermanned. I think... I'm not sure he got his midfield right. Um, I don't know what you're playing Jacker in a game like this for. <laughs> um, that guy... Well, it's a Jekyll and Hyde guy. He could have turned up and had a great game. Um, and he could... 
obviously what he did, he turned up and he had a terrible game. I don't know what. Maitland-Niles as well, like, I was like, that was a surprise. I mean, it obviously, was a surprise, I he got I the goal. He was one of the bright sparks in the, at least the first half. The second half, I started to tune out because I was like, there's nothing going to change. But in terms of runs and trying to, you know, create spaces and that, he seemed to be moving around. I didn't really see that with much of the players. Going forward, but I think they needed a bit yeah, more... Forward, they, yeah. they needed something a bit more solid in their midfield because you can't go forward if your midfield can't even get the ball or keep the ball. Um... Yeah, I just think the yeah the selection wasn't great. The selection wasn't great. Um, obviously, he played just Aubameyang, didn't play Aubameyang and Lacazette. So in his mind, it was a bit more of a, a defensive formation, but it just still wasn't enough. But you know, um, like, with um, like you see, obviously Emery, he's done the he changes a lot at halftime. He's well, he's just quick work, to make decisions, it? changing like teams from week in week out. It's now come half a season. He still doesn't seem like he knows his best team no. can, like, how, can we actually judge him after half a season because well, no, looking, no, looking at um, well, Arsenal fan TV and that, they're, not judge, they're not judging him they're saying give him time and they're judging the players but, but can you can you not take him like he needs to take some blame on some of this stuff I know oh. he's still learning and he's not all he's following but he has to take some blame for doing things wrong you have to you have to take a blame for a result like this we can't judge him as a manager completely off of this but you can judge him as a manager in a big game, uh, as a manager of a team that's trying to hold on to top four and what's becoming a, a very, you know, it's a very close, very clogged top half of the table. Um, you know, if this was a 2-1 or a 3-1, then all right, maybe, but a 5-1? Like, should there be that much gap between you and, and, and Liverpool? I know, obviously, Liverpool are at top of the title right now, but you should be able to at least be on par with them. They weren't on par with them at any point during that game. Arsenal never once looked like a good team. But it, like you mentioned about Emery, I think it, it may be good for Arsenal. It sounds terrible to oh we lost five one, but for Emery as a new manager and for the board, whoever Conkey, whoever is making these decisions, it opens out to let them know even without Arsenal, this is the level our team is at in terms of challenging for anything. Mm, so some of the fans mentioned it yesterday. So I mean, you can say we've got Bamian, we've got Özil still, Ramsey's leaving, whatever. But you've got certain players that can do a job, but your defence is still that terrible. You have to do something about it. So oh, Even that, you think Ozil would have made a difference in this game? But that's what I'm saying. The defence is the main thing. Yeah, exactly. So, so we, But I think if, if they play, sometimes I look at formations. And I think yeah, yeah, the formation yeah. that didn't help them, getting the three at the back, stick to your normal formation because four. I don't know, is this what the formation they've been playing all this time? Because it seemed more defensive than the previous ones. Gondosi wasn't playing. Which is something I usually see. So, Torreira yeah, usually runs about a bit. This time he was confined to staying, you know, because they always, you know, Liverpool pressing high. Yeah, yeah. There was nothing they could. I do. want to know why Xhaka got the nod over Gendouzi though as well. I think they just set up to you know hold the ball, try and move. Even like you're saying, they only got two shots only in the first half. After three one, it's not much you can do. And then still, I don't know. It's still, I, I don't know. Nothing they could do out the situation. Even I mean, if they change the formation, they'll be more open at the back. So. Yeah, I guess so. I guess so. But, um, you know, talking about the formation, like, look at the, you know, again, you look at the goals. We talked about the two Firmino goals. And, you know, I mean, Torreira, fully, I don't know what, like he saw a ghost or he got nudged by a spirit yeah. or something like that. My man fell on the floor just like, it was comical though. It was, it was, it was stupid. <laughs> it was like something like a meme machine or something like no, that. No, yeah. you, got, you got to leave Torreira in that one. It was the other two guys that they could have yeah. actually got their foot. Especially if they were out. Those were doing their job. Like, what job he, was he doing, bro? No, no, it's just like, you know what? Who, you know, who, didn't he lose the ball though? <laughs> it's, it's, it's actually just, just like we, were, we just finished watching the United game. 
But the thing he brought down, um, took that, uh, what's it called? Herrera. Yeah, yeah, when he took the yellow like, card. Took the yellow card for the team to stop an attack. The guys, those two Arsenal defenders around um, Firmino, they had the chance to take the guy down outside the box before he got in. The but thing no, is, they, they just, they do some half-hearted attempt. He does... They didn't go in for the tackle until he was already in the box and then you can't go in but, for the tackle properly. Yeah, I see what you're saying. No, but it's true. The thing, yeah, they true. should just take one for the team. If, if Liverpool scored a free kick, they scored a free kick. But Would if, be if they don't, then at least what's it called? That's the, the yellow card's worth it. They don't score the goal. Then they would have stayed 1 1. They could have rebuilt, then gathered themselves, and then try push. But, but even that, even the farcicalness aside, look at Mane's goal. Mane's goal, diagonal ball from defence to attack. One ball took everybody out of the game. And that is not the first. Like, they were playing diagonal balls. They played a good few diagonal balls all, all afternoon. And that's another thing about Arsenal and their defence. Like, they don't seem to be learning or reacting to anything. They get caught with a diagonal ball or they get caught with a ball between the like um when they played Tottenham, um when they got beat by Tottenham in the in the League Cup, they got taken by so many balls no, sorry, Tottenham yeah, when they got taken by Tottenham, they got caught by so many balls between the defenders, but they didn't tighten it up. They didn't bring the two central defenders or they did not bring themselves close together. Every time they seem to be doing badly in a game, they seem to be getting hit by the exact same balls and the exact same but play then, every single time. But then again, is this the same thing as I was saying about Emery? Does he have to take some of this? Because instead of learning and adapting to stuff, he just keeps trying to change yeah, it on no, the other no, side. No. He's not trying to be the defensive side. He just, you know what, I'll react later on and do something. For me, for me, that is on the players because there's not a whole lot he can do during that 90 minutes except tell them. If you get hit by... If you're a defender and you're seeing a diagonal ball going over the top and you got caught out, make sure next time you're not getting caught by that diagonal ball. No one, The manager shouldn't have to tell you, watch out for the diagonal balls. The manager shouldn't have to tell you, get closer together and watch out for the through balls. Like, he can tell you that, but you're a football player, you're a football player at what is supposed to be one of the top teams in the country. You should be smart enough to know, all right, you know, control your back line. Control your back line. In general, like I said before, they have to see this to know what levels they're at. Last game they played, they drew 1-1 with Brighton and they had a different formation as well. And that formation was like a 4-1-2-1-2. Yeah, yeah, and then yeah, you have to yeah. change up. So I mean, getting the whole dynamic with Lacazette and Aubameyang is one thing. Yeah, and then you know, getting Urzel in the game, that's another thing. And then mm-hmm. you know, so it's a lot of workarounds he's having to do. So I, I think this is good for them. They just didn't think it would be this bad. Yeah, well, let's see what happens going forward. Well, let's see what happens in January. Is he gonna is he gonna try and hold on till the end of the season, or is he gonna try and make some new additions then? Because you know he already made. Well, I mean, a couple. he's got half the season, and he can he's seen certain things. He, from the changes he's made, he has to have seen something that he could actually do to improve the team, especially in defence. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's it's not some kind of crisis, and I, you know, they'll probably still finish the league in a respectable position. So hopefully, by the end of his first season, he will know and he will get the backing to do what he needs to do to kick on. Looking at the other side of it, there's not much really to say about Liverpool. It's business as usual for them. Um, Salah getting in the goals, obviously, Firmino scored his hat trick. He he hasn't had a good season so far. Mane seems to have come back into a little bit of form um, following the City result today. They're now seven points ahead of their nearest competitors. So next week is the big game for them. I mean, if they beat City next week, that gives them a 10-point gap. It's game over. Is, is it game over? We'll is it game over with a 10-point gap? I mean, Most maybe people say they don't think it'll be good. They still think City will win it, but 
We'll see. This is where Klopp has to show his clout. It's nice when 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 Champions League and stuff comes back next season. When the games start piling up in February and March, that's when we'll see. Uh, moving on to one of the surprise results of the weekend, uh, it was Tottenham Wolves. Uh, Wolves ended up three one winners, three goals in like the last 15, 18 minutes. Yeah. Um, obviously, Tottenham had been on a great run. But are they bottlers? Are they complacent? Are their players still tired from the World Cup? What happened? What happened today? You know, they're just... I think the whole team got complacent. Because obviously, before... before, uh, well, Going into the start of the game, then Tottenham taking the lead through that wonderful Kane goal. Mm, they were bossing mm. it. But then after that, and when it came towards the end of like middle, towards the end of the second half, they put, took their foot off the guy. They haven't been... But then they, they missed on... They should have learnt from Wolves that Wolves have a strong second half as well from the last time they were 3-0 up and then they get to 3-2 they just took Wolves for granted and thought oh, it's game over but I would put it that they I would put it that for the whole of the second half maybe even partially the first and again I, I, I made the joke about the World Cup obviously with this build up of fixtures and how hard they've been going and obviously the talk all the way around what the true depth of their squad is I do think Titans played a, a big part in this result I think the the fact you could see that they were very very tired in that in that second half. Um, they they didn't have any shots on target in the second half. Uh, you could see they were sitting off of Wolves players a bit and letting them get the ball. Um, I mean, obviously, you know, again one nil up, one nil up is not really the time to try and contain a game. But I do think that they've been running themselves ragged the last few weeks and it's it's catching up with them now. Um, yeah, even. They, even, you know, they went 1-0 up from a wonder goal. Um, Harry Kane, so incidentally, yeah, it was a great goal. But Harry Kane didn't have any touches in the box for that full game. Not yeah. one touch in the box, which, you know, that's yeah, not Tottenham's that, usual that, way, though. That kind of shows a bit of complacency because they're not pushing there. They're kind no, of, I think they're I, tired. No, I think they're it's, tired. It's not just that. Beating Bournemouth 5-0 and going on this run that they've been, they're just... Start, they, you know, you start believing. Maybe, they, yeah, maybe they did underestimate themselves saying, a they, little bit. That Wolves have been one of the most... Like, Wolves have been... One of the best teams in scoring goals in the second half. They mm-hmm. come on strong second mm-hmm. half. So they like Tottenham should have just learned that against that three 0 up to three two last time. They should have learned that this team comes strong second half. Like just shut shut the game down, do like thing. But no, you're taking shots from outside the box. You're passing it around. You just it's complacency. And that's uh, what's... Yeah, more complacency than tiredness because I think they've got a mix of players. Um, obviously, a, a lot of them are injured in terms of like Lamella. And Dembele, Dyer. These are guys I usually would be in the team, but I still think having someone like Lucas on the bench should be able to make a difference. I mean, the team is the same team they would usually play. And the fact that they were 1 0 up to how long was it? It was to the 72nd minute. minute. You know, for a long piece of the game, you are more or less in control. Wolves did have a shot here and there, but they were in control. So, yeah, it's complacency. Because if, if the things, if Hurricane is not working, what do you do? Because before um, Ali came back in, or even Song was really informed, Ericsson wasn't really informed, mm. Ali wasn't there, mm. and they were still yeah. doing it. Yeah. So, what's really changed? The only thing I could, difference I can see is maybe Dial, who's been out for a while, and Wings coming in, but it's not really something that will stop you from, stop your momentum. But then, you know, maybe Dial is a big difference, because at least two of those goals came from sloppiness in the midfield. Um, you know their players losing balls, not making those great passes, and mm. talking about you know saying somebody like Lucas on the bench, it was kind of telling that they only made one sub during the game, which was uh, Lucas for Ali. 
uh, if I'm right. So, you know, did he not trust what was on it? And again, did he did he not trust what was on his bench to, to you know, you're thinking, That's only thing, once it? you go 2-1 down with like, what, 10 minutes or however many minutes was left, you've only used one sub. You throw a couple of other players on to try and get that goal. I think he felt like he didn't have that option. In terms of creativity, the only option he had was Lucas. And yeah. He brought him on obviously for Deli Ali later on, but even what I was saying about Winks, Winks has been playing for a while, for the last maybe two months. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's had look-ins. I don't know. I just... They've got the exact, more or less the exact same team they've had for a while that has been getting goals. Maybe Wolves, it's just one of those games where, like you said, Wolves come out in the second half. They just seem to press more and they've just run their race, Tottenham, for a while. No, yeah, I mean, they lost thing. me an Akka. They lost me and probably a lot of people with Akka. So it's something no one's expecting. So is that RIP to Tottenham's title challenge? Of course. I thought they'll they push, but I didn't think they'll win it. It lasted from the 26th to the 29th of December. <laughs> one for the DVD highlights well do you see the dive of the week yeah I saw that I saw that which but again that just kind of points to how desperate they were in that game I mean you know and, well, why Why did no one make big a big deal about the England superstar diving because he just got his what did he get MBE MBE yeah but still. so he's, he's bulletproof now bro he's got tenure now like he can do what he wants he's going to start headbutting players and everything yeah, but <laughs> if you if, if were an English guy they'd be they'd be talking oh look at these they bring this into the English game they take that like, changing the game and this and that but no when he does it but like even, I said they defend him on match of the day yeah it wasn't for me that was that was a shame because he's not a player that you associate with that kind of behaviour but like I said it just shows how desperate they were getting they were desperate kind of out of this ideas. was like the 81st minute they were desperate you know, so they were desperate sometimes you have to do it take the L no nah, you shouldn't ever have to do it but it, 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 it is what it is it is what it is but yeah he should be he should be chastised a little bit more for that. I mean he got his booking which is which was good referee gave him the booking um and maybe he'll think twice before he does it next time. On to another side in London, which obviously took the win. Fulham, two clean sheets now. Mitrovic to the rescue. Big, big, big. Now they've seen like yeah, Ranieri's getting he's getting shit in order, man. He knows how to yeah, tweet things, tinker, tinkering with everything. Tinkering, tinker man. <laughs> no, but I think it's what we said before. The first few games he had were going to be difficult because always mm-hmm. yeah. But then the mm-hmm. next game, the runner game side. I mean, he's he's got the chance to actually show what he can, and the fact of the clean sheet, given how they've been, what leaking. we've seen, you know, leaking, leaking goals, goals bro. everywhere to actually get clean sheet now. But but kind of as I was saying about um, about Unai Emery before, about look, you know, there's certain issues there, but you're not actually changing it till in the game. Ranieri is actually seeing stuff here, and he's making the changes before the game, and he's doing stuff. For Ranieri, though, the difference is he doesn't have the players up at the top to score three or four goals and let the... He's, he's, I, for me, it looks like Ranieri's like, forget about attack. <laughs> we'll get a goal if we can, or we, you know, we will still get a goal, but let's make sure the defence is sorted first. And obviously, looking at the teams around the bottom, they're not cut adrift now. So they can afford a few nil-nils while they work on the defence and then work on going forward. I think, you know... In the next few games, in, in the coming games, once he knows that that defence is solid, then you will see him to start, uh, you'll see him start making changes to attack and bringing on some more of his attacking players. Um, the one thing for me, which I think is, uh, which is a good move from him, or which has turned out to be like a genius move from him, is moving Chambers from being a, a defender into the midfield. Um, 
since he's moved him there, he's had some great performances, especially his first couple. And basically now, it's like they have one extra defender on the pitch. Um, he's, but also, you know, Callum Chambers, he's always had a... He's, he's got a good ball. He can play balls forward, but he also has the defensive now. So they're getting that solid defensive foundation. And, you know, that last-minute breakaway uh, that got them that, that, that one goal, that's the kind of thing that he's going to be looking at. Keep that clean sheet. And if we can steal a couple goals, we'll steal a couple goals. Well, they clearly made it harder for themselves because they could have taken the lead a lot earlier <laughs> without that. But one man what, made it what, hard for them, bro. Why do they find it funny? Don't you find it funny that when um, when players argue over penalties and free kicks and stuff like that, they're just stupid. As <laughs> I, for me, it's stupid because Kamara's not known as a guy for goals. Like he's like, if you were to, but t- I think that's was- why he wanted to do it because he wanted to get himself. Off, you know, you wanted to get himself a goal. You know, give himself that bit of confidence. The only reason it's why not I, what it's about, though. But that's it? the thing. The only thing that's wrong with this is Mitrovic is the chosen penalty taker. Ranieri said he was screaming as well. That obviously, what's going on? He's, there he goes. Yeah, Ranieri goes. It is unbelievable, man. <laughs> <laughs> he, he did not respect me, the club, the team, the crowd. <laughs> I spoke to him. It's not right. <laughs> I wanted to kill him. <laughs> That went better African than it. <laughs> this, this is not normal when one man takes the ball only because he scores the, pen, the last penalty against Manchester United. It should be Mitrovic. That is it. So obviously, Ranieri is pissed like that. But yeah. that's, it's just dumb though because you cause that type of issue, argue on the pitch, the only person that's putting off is the, the person that's about to shoot the ball. They're the only one that's You're not in the right mind frame. Yeah, yeah, but don't... Yeah, but also... No, if you're done, you still score it. Yeah, if you're not, done, is not done. There's a lot of so people that in it. those situations because now that's in your head and you're overthinking things because you need to score. You overthink and then you mess it. And don't score it. To be honest, like he should just be thankful because he took the penalty from Mitrovic and it was Mitrovic that spared the blushes because if that had finished nil nil, Ranieri would have been apoplectic. Well, what did he say? He said been... he wanted to he, he wanted to kill him. Yeah, you saw his face so when it happened. Kamara would be RIP because yeah. at that point in time, he's like, we've just been gifted. We've just been gifted something here. We're not a team that get many goals. Well, what time was that penalty actually? Was, was it uh, the, first half? the penalty was. No, it was that was in the eighty second minute, so it was near okay, the wow. it was near the end of the game. So in Ranieri's mind, see, that was our I mean. only chance. That and was our chance. You've got your main goal scorer. You've got your penalty taker. Why would he decide to take himself? It's not like the situation with uh, I mean, Lingard and Pogba. He took, the, he took the United one and he scored the United one, which was a good penalty. But that but, was only because Mitrovic, Mitrovic wasn't on the pitch at the time. Yeah, that's true. Like with the United, when Lingard and Pogba was doing the same thing, it was because Pogba was like, I usually take it. Whereas now it's like new management, G, so Lingard took it off him. But in this yeah, but case, even that didn't make you sense need to the me. win. Even that didn't make sense to me. Lingard, like, it's, like, it's, not like, it's, it's not like it's ever been no, in but like, I can but. kind of understand because of the manager, but because of the, this is a game you need to win mm. and you've already got someone that always takes it. Why are you taking this it? This is the simple solution here. Football, football teams, take note. This one, every training ground, not like these, these guys, they're what, two, two hours a day anyway training. So they've got plenty of time. They, what they should do each week, have a penalty shootout. Last man standing is the penalty taker for the next week. That's just the dumbest thing I've ever. Nah, nah bro. Nah, you can't every, 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 with the day, bro. Every, every week you have to do that. Yeah, because That's it's not. not. No, but think about it. That's it's penalty training as well. So when penalties do come, you're more accurate. Bro, what if the goalkeeper's the best one on that? It's not a tournament, man. No, but that's how it should be. So you get... The thing is, they do that training... Look, this is going back to my expertise in football manager. (laughs) You only do penalty training because you know how many penalties you're going to get like they do in tournaments. Because you know it might end up being... It might end up being... Whereas a penalty, you end up maybe one. No, but that's the thing. No, no, but you need training. Just be one done. No, but you need to play. Maybe two. If you do this now, and then when you get to the FA Cup, 
or something like it goes to penalties. Your guys are ready because they've been practicing basically but, every single week. Okay. Last you don't care about last, you don't care last about standing, in it? Uh, no, we'll, we'll, we'll get we'll get managers to pencil that into their books. Trust me. All I'm saying is I want my ten percent. Your goal scorer, standing. your main goal scorer is your penalty taker or your guy that takes your free kicks because they know where to place a ball. Those should be the first two that are on the list. And Kamara, no, nah, is neither. Over to Old Trafford, Man United four, Bournemouth nil. Oh, are you sure? You sure it was Bournemouth? No, uh, no, Bournemouth. <laughs> <laughs> uh, getting carried away. Yeah, they can't, <laughs> they can't keep the zero. So yeah, Man United four, Bournemouth one. Like United scoring plenty of goals. That's what twelve goals in three games under mm-hmm. Ole. Took eight goals or nine nine games. I think it was for them to score twelve under Mourinho this season. But has anything really changed? Oh, Not really. Four goals. That's what's changed. No, I don't think. Uh, I think it's. I don't want to say it's a false dawn, but the the lineup hasn't changed that much. Um, I think the players are just playing. A, they're playing for their place for a new manager. Like I say, it's that new that that new manager's man is there, bro. And secondly, what, I think what, they're less afraid of making what mistakes. Think, what scent do you think the smell is? Christmas pine tree, bro. Norwegian <laughs> pine. Norwegian <laughs> but no now they're playing with I again you know we can only speculate about these things but under Mourinho uh, a pragmatic defensive manager if you make a def- if you make a mistake that leads to a goal because let's let's be clear United still don't have a, a great defence if you lose the ball trying to do some crazy attacking shit and it gets taken off you and ends up in a goal you're probably getting dropped or you're getting berated by the manager. So you play with defence first in mind. And I don't think they're doing that now. They're not so playing. So you're saying with... they've got freedom. And I freedom think... is helping them. But I, yeah, I don't think it's a freedom that's been... I don't think anyone sat them down and told them, look at you, you're free. Go, be one. They, you can feel it though. Yeah, you can feel it. But I think that they dis- like, they're like, well, we've got a new manager here. He's a nicer guy. He he talks about attacking and stuff like that. Okay, but he doesn't it's... mind if we attack. It's he like wants a, goals. It's like a substitute teacher. It's one of them teachers that's always on your case. You'll be quiet. Yeah. This is new subject. You're going to test the boundaries. So in this case, they've got that freedom to do what he wants. And where he's placed, like someone like Pogba telling him, more or less, you've got the free roll. When you're doing that, Herrera sort of drops back. Or when they're fully going for it, even Herrera mm. gets in and around um, whoever's playing the right, in this case, was young. So they've got that extra... It, it's like, it's just, like they say, it's been, they've all been unleashed. Everyone has that. Well, I think they've unleashed themselves. Like, yeah, and, and they're not what, afraid of repercussions. Well, they, against the top teams, it will, it, well, it's it yet could to see, be, but yeah. it could be a, a problem, which really will be a problem. But as it stands, against teams like this, like we, we've mentioned before, Palace and Southampton, those draws, playing like this, they wouldn't really happen because you're attacking more than you're having to defend. Yeah, 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 yeah. If you've got three goals or four goals, letting in one is not a big deal, which happened in the last game. What was the score in that one? Was it 4 1? 3-1. 3-1, same three thing. 3-1, yeah. Last minute goals. Then three assists, four goals. Like Pogba, does it now, does, is he making Mourinho's choices? Of no, not he's been before? through purple patches before, Steven. bro. He's been through purple, but last season he had, like, you know, his run of like three or four games or whatever and he was scoring goals and assists. I'm not saying, like, if he continues it, if he continues it over five, ten games, then cool, then be like, yep, the whole problem was Mourinho. But like I said, right now, everybody's playing out of their skin and... It's an easy run of games. Everyone's playing for new lease. If he continues it, then yeah, you can say that. But it's not like Pogba's not had points in the last couple of seasons where he was in the goals and in the assists. Then all I'll say now to that is, first season for Pogba, five goals. Second season, six goals. This season, he's got seven. Mm. 
and but you look at those five and those six goals they all came quite close the majority of them will come close but, together in one thingy in how he's playing can he not can he not be seen to be getting a goal at least a goal or an assist a game that's what he's if he continues playing like that he and, will I think he will he might do I'm just saying like I'm not gonna I'm not I'm not looking at it like yeah the thing is I feel with Mourinho the shackles are on so there's Sometimes I did say Pogba was a bit selfish and whatnot, so he lost the ball and whatnot. And you but made as it is now, it just seems we're playing as a team where you know the whole United essence is there. So my thing is, he's been released from his defensive duties, which is you know, mm. it's allowing him to get forward and, and 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 move ahead. But you know, this was the stern test as well. This was probably Solskjaer's first test, really. Cardiff, Huddersfield. Easy. Bournemouth can be a tricky proposition. Even though they're going through a bad time at the moment, they can be a tricky proposition. But they didn't really help themselves. Um, they didn't set up great. Okay, so what about Eddie Howe? Six games, he's won two. Um, I think, didn't we look at this like a couple of weeks ago? Yeah. Like he, he had a run of bad games, but there were difficult teams in those, in those games. I mean, so look, he lost to United, he lost to Tottenham. Looking at the other games that he lost... Uh, you got Liverpool in there, you got Man City in there, you got Arsenal in there, you got United again. Obviously, he lost against Newcastle, shouldn't have been losing against that team. Lost against Wolves, tricky oh, yeah, proposition there. See, I think it looks okay, worse than it really is. It he has had a, he's he had all worse. the top six more or less. Yes, but you mentioned it. Is this all he can do? Because mm. do you think they would be beating Southampton as they are now, or uh, unless yes. they could still like? No, they always could. But I'm saying. They didn't show anything really in this game, not for me at all. But like I'm saying, out the of all those losses, that Fraser came on later with the Wolves, even Wilson, Wilson was free scoring, and I've taken him out of my fantasy team because they don't even look like they're that attacking force anymore. But like, look in that last run of games, in that last run of games where they've got all those losses, they won against Huddersfield easy, they won against Brighton two nil, they lost against Wolves and Newcastle. Wolves can go either way. Like a Wolves versus Bournemouth could go either way. Newcastle probably shouldn't have been losing to Newcastle. It was a tight 2-1. So could they still beat the likes of a Southampton? I think they could. They've not lost. You can't look at any of those losses and say, oh, that was a terrible, like they shouldn't be losing to that team or there's no chance they could ever lose to that team. Most well, of their the losses... Can I go a bit further back? Because they lost 4-0 to Burnley. They lost 4-0 to Burnley. Okay. And that, that was, was an anomaly. That was an anomaly. Well, well, back. I'm yeah, talking yeah. about in this, if you're looking at from November and December... The majority of games that they've lost are against top six sides, and the other two, Wolves and Newcastle, those are the kind of results that go either way. Like I said, they won against Hud- they won against Huddersfield, they won against Brighton. I don't think there's any kind of crisis going on. I think the fixtures just hit them in the wrong way. As it is, the halfway point has come, so those yeah. games are going to come back. So we'll see how they do. Exactly. Uh, City got back to winning ways with a three-one win over Southampton at St Mary's. Uh, contentious. Obviously, they took a 1-0 lead and then Southampton just pulled, they pulled another one back. They started threatening um, and had a penalty, penalty shout. Could have had them 2-1 up. Almost immediately after that, they went 2-1 down, then 3-1. That penalty though, was it a penalty? I don't think it was. I don't think it was. I think it was a coming together. My man, they're jostling each other. As Ward Prowse went down... Obviously, when you're pushing like that, if you're push, putting force against somebody what? and they fall, was it more of a push, push or a handover similar to Salah's? Nah, I think it was. A, I think it was an arm. I don't think it was a handover. I, like maybe I need to take I a look at it again. Because to me, it looked like an it arm. It looked out. the same as it, Salah's was the easiest. Madison's looked worse, but this one looked just like it's just a little arm on the top, and it's like 
I'm gone down. Those but, two were giving. This should be given. But also, the other thing that would have influenced the decision, if it's an arm over, Prowse went forward. If it's an arm over, why is he not falling down backwards or drop? He went forward. They all so, fall down different ways and they still got it. But, but that's what I'm saying is they're pushing, they're going shoulder to shoulder and Prowse went down forward. For me... But as it stands, Prowse was just ahead of him. So if he's going he's down... Diagonally. Yeah, exactly. So you're right in front of me here and I'm like this. It's, even if our foot didn't collide or whatever, the way he went down, it's still, like I said, it's in Salas and Madison. There's but really he didn't hold him much back. of a difference. You, you can go for it. You didn't like, really see a holding back of Salah. It was just it's like that. Just literally, there's no holding. But that's what I'm saying. That's and not I, enough to say penalty, but they gave it. Madison, the same thing. But this, oh, it, I it, think it, that was soft as well, though. This not annoying. Soft. They are no, soft, but they gave it. So consistency says yeah, that the, should have been a penalty. No, but that's the thing. Is, there, is this an annoyance that referees are not being consistent? No, yes. I, I, like I said, I've always had a complaint about how referees should interpret the game. Don't interpret the game. Apply the rules. But for me. It was for me the the thing was it was a push rather than a pull and it was shoulder to shoulder going ahead. But talking about that, like I think because he went and got he went and got the I think he got the assist for yeah, the second did. goal, didn't he? He went and got the assist for the second goal after that. Like I take that guy over Delph. Like I would take that guy over Delph. I, I was gonna say they only got that goal because of Zinchenko, but like you said, with the new manager smell, I think it's the new player smell. Yeah, they yeah. smell the, well, maybe the new young players well because they. They smell him coming and literally most of the attackers coming around his section and obviously mm-hmm. his mistake caused that was a great goal by Hoiberg. I don't know how he shot that with that so oh, yeah, tight yeah, angle. Yeah, yeah, it was yeah. a brilliant goal taking that ball and thinking about Zinchenko obviously brought it back by getting the crossing for Aguero's header. So, yeah. yeah. And yeah, but then there's a question of, you know, but it, it, yeah, should it have been like that? Um, but for me, talking about the defence, this was their first game back with Fernandinho and even though they did win... I still don't think they looked utterly convinced. Like, for the first 10 minutes, like, Southampton were having trouble getting out of their own box, let alone their own half. Mm. And then all of a sudden, it just switched. And Southampton had the run of the game. And then they got the goal. They had a couple of other tight chances. Then they had the penalty yeah, shout. Mm. I don't... Th- I'm just saying, for me, I don't think that... Uh, I don't think City looked as dominant as they should have against Southampton. No, you know That's, um, that fits into the... What's it called? City have the most goals. They've scored the most goals in the first 15 minutes. What they tried mm. to do is they tried to kill the game. In Very time. quickly. But when they don't get that, because they normally try, they get their first goal, they try to get the second one, yeah. it's game over. But if they don't get the first, second one, the other team comes back. Then that's when, when they come to Pep. Yeah. His tactics, he doesn't change from, he sticks rigid to the same yeah, philosophy. Yeah, yeah. He doesn't ever change. No so that's then when it can be, obviously they've been caught out in the last, in the last two games. Mm-hmm. They were caught out, but in this one, obviously, they were able to dig deeper and come back. Yeah, and even because what there was a bit of fortune. Sterling's goal obviously was well it turned out being an own goal. Um, I'm not sure if that was a cross or a shot or what. It was a cross. It was turned into uh, I think what was it? Ward Prowse turned Prowse it into the it. net. Yeah, because yeah. so, it's cutting it back, and then Ward Prowse sort of tried to block it, but slice it. Yeah, uh, it was it wasn't going anywhere. But for me, and again, like I know Southampton have become a bit resurgent. They've won like uh, they two out of the last three or whatever, but uh, City still seem to struggle. And maybe, maybe it is the build-up of fixtures, but City seem to struggle more than they should have against a Southampton team. But to add to that as well, I think, uh, well, this is just my observation. I think they shot themselves in the foot a bit with the lineup. Ings, who's been scoring for them, didn't start. Yeah, but also Redmond. Redmond seemed to be, you know, at this new lease of life where he he's been playing more. More like his old self, and he didn't start. Again, 
don't know. know why that was, but you know it right it's because it's a big it's a congested fixture list you're looking at playing this Man City this is the biggest game yeah but you're looking at playing the most dominant team in English football right now yeah you're thinking there's a the, the chances of us coming out of any out, coming out of this game with anything is very slim so why am I going to put my best players at risk I can either lose my best players or lose with my second so string so he's saving them for Chelsea he's saving them for whatever Chelsea's next Chelsea but they're still more of, well who's they got? who have they got more chance of beating City or Chelsea Probably Chelsea. <laughs> exactly. But still, I wouldn't drop my best player unless, you know, maybe give him some time and then bring him off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, you know, you can. I can understand the logic of what he did. I can understand why he did it. Or maybe not maybe the your, your Not your best players, but players that are meant to, like, play Mourinho-esque, let's call it that, conservative, hold back. Mm-hmm. Because they're playing away at Chelsea. Yeah. Do that. But a home where you think, you know, I could maybe get something with a home fans behind us. That's where Redmond should be playing. But... It is what it is. I just feel bad for them because obviously not only did they lose this game, they've got tough fixtures coming up with the kind of surprise results of of Cardiff, uh, Burnley and even Fulham to a point. It's put them under a bit more pressure for the rest of these games. They've got less breathing space now. They they also lost Hoiberg. Terrible tackle. Who'd just come back as well. This was his first game back from suspension. (laughs) So that's him gone for Chelsea game. And he's, yeah, most influential midfielder as well. Yeah. Chelsea dominant in the south, south-ish London derby. <laughs> One little, right? They were very dominant. Very dominant, but it just seems they're still lacking a little something. Um, yeah, I guess. They had trouble unlocking Palace. Yeah. Um, Palace obviously kind of set up and did the same thing that they did against City. Yeah. Um, and it was an interesting thing actually because even though they had you know Zaha was usually the only guy uh, up when they when they got the ball again they tried to do this thing where their counter attack isn't long balls up although they did resort to that a couple of times but they're trying to play it out and and, and get all the get the players um, in and out there interesting enough they started Schlupp because you yeah. know he he's usually the guy that comes on and, and does something for them was very ineffective um but yeah, for me, they had a late resurgence. Chelsea had trouble keeping keeping a lid on them towards the end of the game, especially after Conor Wicken came on. I thought that dude's career was done <laughs> after his injuries and stuff. But again, just the quality was lacking. I mean, they didn't get very many shots off anyway, but none of them were on target. Uh, it was more down to themselves that they didn't manage to steal a goal back than it was Chelsea being the dominant team. Yeah, it's just what you said, um because they did get the ball a lot, but for some reason they couldn't keep it. They lost it third half and yeah. Chelsea just kept on coming. I think, how many shots did they have in total? Like two or three in the whole game. Who, Chelsea? No, um, Crystal Palace. No, they had none. They had four shots. But again, exactly. they, they, but they were good. Like two or three of them were very good chances that they missed. I know Wickham had one like, right but in front really, of the But they really did do one being organised. Like their back line, mm-hmm. same mm-hmm. thing they did. Because mm-hmm. Chelsea didn't get really get a sniff. No. No. It was a little moment of brilliance again from the Villiers at the long ball or whatever. Yeah, the long ball and Chelsea, uh, Crystal Palace's defence, it was a rare lapse for them. Uh, Kante lost his man, the, the man that was tracking him. A rare goal. <laughs> yeah, a rare Well, you say a rare goal. That's his third one of the season, mm. which is, he's, I think this is probably his highest scoring season ever. But um, for me, the other thing with Crystal Palace is as well, which is admirable but not when they were making their counter-attacks. Again, they weren't playing long balls but sometimes they'd lose the opportunity because they would play, you know, rather than playing it forward, 
they'd be like, there's no balls on going to play it sideways or back again, which is a great way for them to keep the ball, but they weren't doing much with it. Okay, but this is what I'm, I'd ask. In terms of, two, well, two players, actually. I was speaking to one of my uncles yesterday, he's a Chelsea fan, and he mentioned he hates the fact that obviously Kante is not playing in, in his um, original position. Mm-hmm. Obviously, he got the goal, which in the end was the three points. But then the other point I was going to make is obviously Giroud played, he had a decent enough game. He had to come Very off for injury. But Hazard didn't seem to be able to... Well, I guess they were organised, Crystal Palace, but Hazard wasn't doing what he has been doing the last few games because he wasn't playing in the middle. He was back on the wing. Yeah. And obviously Kante is not playing his position, but he did get the goal. So That's because Hazard was showing his levels. <laughs> You're back um, on the Hazard. For me, in general... <laughs> In general, I think Chelsea would probably be better off than they are now if Kante was playing in his role. Um, I understand, you know, Sari wants to play Kovacic and... Uh, and but you're saying, but that's in that. general, not for this game. Not for this game. I mean, in general, even Because in this, this game, game, I'm thinking if they set up the way they used to set up with Hazard in the middle, because sometimes Hazard used to drop deep, mm-hmm. then you have mm-hmm. whoever, Pedro, William, whoever's on the wings there. But then in this game, obviously, he's out wide. And if Giroud is not... On that game, then what happens? Well, technically, I mean, you know, Giroud technically could have had two goals. Like, those were both of them. I mean, the first one more than the second, they were dubious offsides. The mm. first one, I would say no. The second one, yeah. Again, you know, it's you, you, it can get given either way. So, um, I don't think it would have, I don't, yeah. You know, I think, but for the referees' decision making, they weren't reliant on Hazard playing in through that middle, and then they wouldn't have needed to be reliant on on Kante making that run and, and getting in there, which is good he did. But yeah, I, when I was talking about the defense stability, I just felt more in general. And like I said, Crystal Palace had some periods towards the end of the game where they were pressing them and putting pressure on them. Unfortunately, they didn't manage to do much with it, but you know. Keep them shut out completely. But as it stands, even with that, their their their, their runner games looks. Well, they've got Tottenham coming up, and that's deep because they they they're two points behind Tottenham. Tottenham's coming up in two games. Play Southampton at home, yeah. and then Tottenham. So that'll be a big game for them. Do you see them going ahead of Tottenham now? Like, given what's happened with Tottenham recently, obviously it's still what eighteen games to go. Or so yeah. So do you see them actually managing to get third and holding third, or just this is just a game against Palace? I think it's going to be. Uh, I think it's th- there's going to be movement throughout the rest of the season. I think there's going to be. I don't think anyone's going to hold it for any length of time. Mm. Don't know. I think obviously they're close enough to Tottenham, but no, nah, I think Tottenham will secure third. And as much as I'd like to think there's a race going on for fourth, I think Chelsea have secured that as well. So you think Tottenham is going to run? They're going to beat him again, Chelsea, because yeah. they beat him terribly before. <laughs> they embarrassed them it won't be another case of that um, again a lot could happen in the next couple of weeks but if you were to look at what Tottenham are doing right now and what Chelsea are doing right now no even then even this Wolves game doesn't change anything that game is very much still up in the air which is like I'm saying I think we could be seeing a uh, a situation where one week Chelsea are third the next week Tottenham are third and it will keep flip-flopping until either one of them gets a good run or just whoever just happens to be there at the end of the, you know, on the final day. I think that third and fourth position is probably going to be hotly contested between the two of them. Um, with the way Arsenal are going, they're not going to put any pressure on either of the two of those for either of those spots. And it might just be, again, 
need to see what this rejuvenated United could do, but I think it might just be out of their reach as well. Over at the King Power Stadium, Leicester nil, Cardiff won. Like this baffles me with with uh, Leicester when they're the underdogs, as they have been in the last two games. They can they turn up, they beat uh, Chelsea, and then they beat Man City. But then when they're favourites, they do this. So I don't know. I don't know. I don't like. Again, maybe there's uh, something to do with the the selection. I noticed that they took Chowdhury out, who played, um, who you know, they gave him his debut. He played very well, and I think they brought Gray back in for him. Um, but he was quite a useful outlet for them. But apart from that, I can't see what the issue was. Um, you know, it's their usual guys. Uh, they changed what I think they changed their back line a little bit. But I don't know what it is. Oh, although. Cardiff goalkeeper yeah, had a world. game and a half though. Yeah. He had a game and a half. So maybe I'm, it's not I'm all down to like them. Him. I like that guy. I've liked that guy since he saved like what he saved like his first two penalties in a row or whatever. Um he had a couple of it, he had a couple was, of good games in the good beginning. To save that penalty anyway, because it's like one of those softish penalties. Mm. So. It was a terrible penalty though, Madison took it was a like poor, it wasn't even it that was, far in the corner. It was it was right. quite easy. Yeah, he didn't deserve that penalty anyway. But you know what? Um obviously uh Club well was under pressure. He was before, yeah, before the festive game, but then yeah. everyone thought obviously the two games against City Chelsea had like that taken it away. But then obviously fans like in those games, if you probably lose to the bigger teams, they're not too bothered because they're like yeah yeah yeah, yeah they're yeah, just like the one It's the teams around you that normally determines your fit. This like losing to this, this is what fans are kind of complaining about because you're not bringing it. Is his job now back under pressure? I don't know, but it shouldn't be. And to be honest, it shouldn't have been before the, the City game. I mean, these guys, they're eighth now. Um, barring some huge disaster, they're, they're safe from relegation. I just, like, all right, we know they won the title. But again, they lost they lost Mares, they lost Kante, who were two big reasons for that. They haven't... Drink properly water. replaced I think, I think, uh, drink I think, water. yeah no but drink water was big for them that season he hasn't gone on to do nothing big for them that season I, no I'm just going to say we've said that a few times about the players they've lost I think that's an excuse now but the fact that they did beat Man City and Chelsea shows they can do I don't know whether it's the case of what, how they set up for those games the team talks how they rev themselves up but they shouldn't be losing games like this but my thing is so in the, my, oh, sorry I was yeah, just going to say they can win these games it's just a matter of how they manage or match manage for that particular team but we know these things happen these games and these results kind of throw up but I'm talking about in general where they are now that's pretty much where they should be right they won the league once upon a time but they weren't a top four team like you know that came we know that came out of nowhere and it's not even to say that they were a top four team that won the league not even to say they were a top six team that won the league they went against all odds they were relegation favourites before the season before they won the league or they were in danger of relegation for them to be eighth now Sekul like that is where, that is their level that is their level so no his job shouldn't be on the line get it Fair enough, he beat two great teams, but you know, with a team like Leicester, with a mid-table team, these random results do come up. Celebrate the fact that you won two games that you weren't supposed to. Don't concentrate on the fact that you lost this one. The only problem is how close everything is in the league. From let's say from Wolves seventh, all the way to Brian, which is thirteenth, it's like what five five points difference, mm-hmm. four points difference. Mm-hmm. So one mm-hmm. loss. And some are winning, you're you know, down to 14th or 13th. So that's the only thing. But, but I don't think his job should be 
under any scrutiny just yet. Because the last five games or six, they played Chelsea, Man City, Tottenham, and I think Arsenal, I'm not sure, but um, they lost to Tottenham. Yeah. But they um, they beat in Chelsea and Man City. So, no, I don't think it should be under But you talk about the teams around them. Watford, Everton, West Ham, Bournemouth, even Brighton. Which one of any of those teams is showing some, some, some consistency to take their spot? None of those None of guys. They're all exactly. in the mix. Exactly. That's why so, yeah, you shouldn't be in any danger at all. They're exactly. all going to go up and down. The he's way. in and around the teams he should be in and around. He's not doing any worse than them. He's doing better, according to the table. Sorry. So, leave him be and see what he does. Cardiff obviously helping their own relegation struggles by yep. getting this win, giving them a three-point gap over their uh, third team third bottom. But, like I said, I can give like credit to Cardiff in this one. Neil Warnock has made them proper, resilient, they're like throwing they're and looking, like, yeah, what exactly what So Bamba was doing. Throwing his Ooh. body on the line. He just like Some from, of those. from Madison's uh, saved penalty. The way Human Bamba shield. got back in there, mm-hmm. cleared mm-hmm. it. Then a couple of shots after, he there was another one. Kid. He looked really weird with that one. We were kicking his leg out the back, but you do what you have to do. Yeah, because obviously, then at that time, they were just they wanted to play, for, kind of play for a draw. Yeah. Then you gotta say they pushed for it, and what a goal that was! It wasn't, but that's the thing as well. That goal kind of came out of nowhere. Like he's like, you know what? I'm gonna take the chance. Might as well, and he did. Um, I don't know. Even though they are, like we'll say, they're three points clear. I'm really worried that they might still be in that bottom three come end of the season. I don't think. Yeah, they I don't can think be. they can be. Yeah, I don't think they've shown anything to say that they will. You know, they'll climb to safety. I think they'll be right up against it until near the end of the season. They're always going to be compared to some of the other teams. They showed that they can snatch it. Well, they showed that they can snatch it, but again. Come the second half of the season when some tiredness sets in, see what happens in the transfer windows. It's not out of the realms of possibility. I still think that they might be one of the teams there. I think it depends probably more on what Fulham and Southampton do, but we'll see. Burnley lost their heart but won the game in a 2-0 win over West Ham at Turf Moor. Stop there. What did I say? <laughs> I don't remember. What did you say? Let before? me give the clarification. What was it, yesterday or two days ago? You say a lot of crap, man. Two days ago, let's two days the ago at dinner, we were talking about the teams in general, and I mentioned when it came to Burnley, it may not be his fault, but Joe Hart doesn't give the aura of I don't know, he doesn't give you that confidence. I don't think he does in City games or, or you know City when you can see Joe Hart be very you know animated, so he made him look good. He made a few good saves here and there, but I always thought he's a flawed keeper, and it showed. Maybe it's not because of him, but at the same time, he didn't play and they won. And a clean sheet against a West Ham who's been firing on all cylinders with an Altovich an back. You know, should I add more to it? There's more. No, but yeah, but you're saying that, but I mean, they were restricted to just, they only had four shots on target. I mean, Burnley only had five. And yeah, I do think sometimes Joe Hart is judged a little bit too harshly, but I think when he was on top, I think he was lauded a little bit too much. He was all, I think he was overhyped. So now the fall seems a lot further than, than it actually is. Um, but, I mean, look, they've got Tom Heaton back, who is always is a better keeper than, is a better keeper than, than, uh, than Joe Hart. I mean, Burnley were obviously extremely unlucky. They had, what, Heaton and Pope. That's their, their two guys, right? Two keepers that were, were bossing it, and both of them got long-term injuries at the same time. They brought Hart in. It didn't go the way that that it should have done but let's not get it twisted Burnley have still been a terrible team um, 
Maybe they were feeling a little bit rejuvenated in this it, game, but also West Ham inconsistent. Okay, then. Okay, I'm being hard or harsh <laughs> on heart, but hard on heart. But also, you go to the manager, and in this sense, when they the last win was against Brighton at home, that was in on the eighth. Mm-hmm. They won that one one nil, and they had four at the back. Since then, they played. I think the next three games, they played five at the back or three makeshift five, and they've lost all of them. And then they go back to the four again. And then they've won today. So maybe it's to do with the back line. They actually... Feel, I think the back line... Because it's similar players. It's just there's a five and then the, the, the four. And the four seems to get the wins. Yeah. I think obviously like having Hart out will probably stop them from leaking as many goals. But they still have to sort themselves out going forward. The thing is, they've gone with this lineup that they had. They've gone back to what, what kept them doing well last season yeah there's yeah, a foundation yeah. and they've gone back to tried and tested method yeah so it's kind of no it's no coincidence that yeah, they've come back they've, they're winning ways and they've kept clean sheet here both teams with a 4-4-2 as well interestingly enough both teams with the, the original formation but yeah I don't think it was completely down to the dropping of heart that, no it's that, not, that it's was not. This, this I just, I just don't like I don't like heart man. but I, I think, think going good. forward he deserves, he deserves to be in the championship. Sorry, go. He deserves to be in the championship. Wow. I think going forward, having somebody like Heaton could be the difference between turning a loss into a draw or turning a draw into a win or holding on to a win. Um, again, I think some of it will probably be placed onto West Ham's inconsistencies. Well, tell you actually, we kind of mentioned it with the teams similarly around, you know, um, in the table from Wolves downwards to Brighton. Mm-hmm. They're all around the same thing. These are just the inconsistent, the next best, well, pretty much the, the next best teams out the, after the top six. They just, yeah, these, anyone can take anyone and that's just it. But we would have expected, obviously, West Ham with how they've been doing. They should have been, they should be a lot better than they are. They should be winning a game, like, especially against a team that's struggling. But I do think also, uh, I think Balbuena's a miss for them in their back line. Balbuena was Sorry, excuse me. Balbuena was... Uh, he was playing really well for them before he got injured. Um, they look... The back line looks a little shakier without him. This was... I think Ogbonna's the guy who's coming to replace him. This is his chance to kind of stake a claim, but he's obviously not doing that. But the thing is that I don't think um, Balbuena being missing from this game, it would have maybe stopped it from being a 2-0, two, two uh, like conceding to, but it wouldn't have stopped them from not scoring. Oh, yeah, yeah. So yeah, I yeah, think yeah, that's... Yeah. Um, Something yeah. to be worked up top because I know they on this game they went with Perez and Anatovic up front. Anatovic obviously being injured, I don't know if it's match fitness then that taking him that's going to take him a little while to come back. But I don't think even actually that's the change of a system because now they're playing two with Perez and Perez not being the sharp, sharpest of shooters in front of the goal. So I think that may yeah. maybe have just gone to an original formation. But also with the formation, obviously Anatovic coming back when he left. He was the main was being used as the main striker. Even though Perez has been playing, he's not been that efficient. So instead of playing the four four two, they should stuck to the four two three one and just had Anatovic at the top, or just kept Perez, then put him on whenever needed. Because that's the formula that seemed to sort of work for them. I no, mean, it's true, and also obviously, I don't think uh, as far as I remember, Perez and Anatovic haven't actually played together like mm. like definitely not more than a couple of times this season. So. Is it really the time to be experimenting with those two guys? Your front two, I know Chicharito's out, obviously, but you could have just played one man up top. Yeah, the way I see it, obviously, they have, what, Brighton next. That's not really... Well, Brighton's a good team. I'm not going to mark them down. But at the same time, I wouldn't see why you'd start making these changes now. Yeah. Keep the team yeah. that you think 
or should be doing the job and then Fanatovic has come back you bring him in get a bit of you know game time and then yeah see where you go from there but yeah I mean they've been unlucky with injuries but we'll see what happens when they've got a full contingent back whether they can get some consistency into their game you know what just bring it up on this actually do you manage just because I know obviously the festive period you have more games than in a normal time you're playing what every two three days or whatever yeah but do you manage just over like change the team too much in this I think that is a good point because things like when I was talking about the Leicester and some of the changes they made, I think they make change. I don't think they make changes based on whether they think a player's tired. I think they just make changes because they think they should, just exactly. in case. Just for a rotation. Just for the rotation. Sometimes sake. unnecessarily because obviously with Man United, we've just seen a squad that was played, same squad as um, Cardiff, but then I think it was just Young in for Dallas or whatever. Yeah. But it's the same personnel. Someone would have thought if. Um, Sanchez was fit, you know, a lot of fans were saying Sanchez should be in. I'm like, no, this is the team that's winning. Play it. They're on the bench. If you need them, you bring them on and let them get some game time. But like you just mentioned, some of them just put people on for whatever reason. I think they rotate out of a sense of caution rather than a genuine need to. But, you know. They, they suffer for it because... Yeah, they do. They do. I mean, to lose 2-0, a, a team that usually, even if they lost, which is fair enough, they, they would usually at least get a goal, especially with the... Yeah. An Artovich back and whatnot. It's just something you don't see. And Burnley keeping a clean sheet. It's... Yeah. And to be honest, with these games so close together, if you've got a starting 11 that are doing something, carry on that momentum. If there's a game every two or three days, then they're going to carry on that synergy and that momentum and then rotate a little bit later afterwards. But that's a discussion for another time. Okay. Moving on to Vicarage Road, Watford 1, Newcastle 1. I thought it was a fitting scoreline. You mentioned before that Rondon didn't play start the last game. He didn't start the Liverpool game, no. Typical, um, they've got a good player, don't start him. Against a team which they think they should be winning, or playing decently against they start him and he gets a goal. Yeah. But what for that home? That's that nonsense rotation, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, and again, I think it's a bit of a defeatist attitude. It's kind of like, well, we're not going to win a game against Liverpool, let me take my best players off. You don't know what you <laughs> can do. We've discussed it, well, I've discussed this numerous times with Benitez. It would be defeatist mentality. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I mean, in general, like we were just talking about the whole rotation, um, I think these are the games, I think it's the games against the, the games that you think you can win. Those are the ones where you're like, all right, let me try somebody else and maybe I'll bring Rondon on a little bit later if, if, if nothing's happening. But, you know, give it your all against those teams you're not expected to win against. It's the Premier League, you know, how many upsets do you get in a season? But, you know... Um, that was another thing that I didn't... They, you know, there was nothing really special about this game. But looking at Newcastle, uh, certain people... I know Kennedy didn't even make the squad. Um, he played... Uh, he did play in the Liverpool game, but he was dropped from the squad entirely. Uh, the guy... It, like, Benitez had way too much... For me, he had way too much faith in him. The guy is not consistent enough to warrant all of the time and energy he's been given when they've got other guys that, you know... I think what was it? Christian Atsu played instead mm. of uh, instead of instead of Kennedy. And that was a beautiful turn he did for the goal. And there you go. <laughs> but like you know, Kennedy Kennedy will give you something once every five games or something like that. Actually, and... I just feel I'm Ghanaian, so I should you know iron this out. It's Atsu. Like I'm sneezing. Christian Atsu. Thank you. So sneeze man did a good run. <laughs> <laughs> but um, you know, and like I say, the thing like the the Rondon thing, um, it just. Yeah, I mean he's you know he he's Tinker Man too. He's he's very he he loves to to switch around his 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 squad and his starting eleven. And one thing is, I always think he makes positive substitutes and stuff like that. But I think it's kind of telling that Kennedy didn't even make the squad. 
which is not a case of I, I want... I don't think that's a case of I want to rest him. Because if you want to rest a player, you keep them on the bench in case you need them to do something. He drops him entirely, maybe starting to think he's not the guy for the spot. Well, I was going to add about the whole rotation thing. Um, like a Man United, like a Liverpool, even City to a degree, Chelsea, these players all seem to have been playing the last few games. What stops these other teams from doing the same? Because the guys that came on usually would start. The Corey, Dini, all of us. So why Man United playing all more or less? You're playing the whole team you were playing the game before. Same with um, Liverpool, Salah, for me. They're all still playing. Yeah. Why is there like a training thing? Why are they not starting if they're your main guys? Because in the end, Corey got the goal which he did before Delefeo, typical. But why didn't they just start them? Take them but off the thing is actually, when hey, they think they're know, tired. Flim- yeah, looking looking yeah. at the other side though, is it a case that with Liverpool, with United, with the with the so-called bigger teams? Do they not rotate more outside of that period? Because obviously Champions League and stuff, they rotate more. But they have competitions so then, to rotate. So then in. now, so like these players, like with Watford, they only used to play once a week anyway, so they don't necessarily have to rotate as much. Now it comes to a game where there are more, like play more games in a short space of time. Now is it is that the reason why? Because the players just don't, are not used to this play. Two, three games a week. Yeah, but the whole point of Bruv, how no, long, hold on. How long have these players been in the league? They, no, they're used on. to this period. Let, let me just get you up on this. You just said obviously the other teams have competition to rotate. So basically, you're saying Pogba, for example, you rotated. You won't play against a Reading coming up, let's say, and then he's back on again. So basically, if they've got a whole week to not play. They're used to resting anyway. Yeah, Pogba is also used to resting, so to speak. So he's playing. They, this is what I'm saying. Unless there's something to do with it. Trainers, I mean, they all have the ability to keep playing. Harry Kane, he's the main striker. He plays the whole season, and he started from youth level. He's but, come up, and he, they just kept on playing. It. But he's been tired since the World Cup. And he's still banging in goals. He's <laughs> the, 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 the top scorer in the joint. The top old, joint there's three of them, right? Yeah, yeah. Salah, Salah Aubameyang, Aubame, Kane. Yeah, yeah. So why are they not doing it? Although saying that, going back to what I was just saying about the whole defeatist attitude and rotation, mm. like I said, Watford it seems have gone the other direction. They'd be like, well, this is a game where we're not against such hard opposition, some of the second-string players could get something out of this, which I think, if you're going to rotate, that's the way to go. You play your best players against the best teams in the hope that you get something, and when it comes to a game against another t- a team that's below you even, a good few places below you, this is the time when you'd be like, all right, I can afford to bring on a couple second-stringers, keep my big guys on the bench and bring them off. Like I say, in a perfect world, you, technically you should just be playing your best players every week, but, you know... They need protection these days. They're not they're not as tough as they used to be. Obviously, Newcastle took the lead. They conceded Abbey in second minute. What I was going to say is, do you think they deserve more from this game? Because they literally didn't do, in terms of stats and possession, they didn't seem to have done much. Uh, it seems Watford brought in their big boys and then nicked it. Well, Watford were pushing. They were pushing, though. They were Watford. pushing. They were trying to get that. That equaliser. Newcastle did take the lead against the other player as well. So that's all it was. Just that little lack of quality. It was the same as the it was the same as the reverse fixture. It was well, no, it wasn't the same as the reverse fixture. Watford were heavily dominant in the reverse fixture, which was the the away one. Weirdly enough, but I think they got the goal. Yeah, Newcastle didn't didn't keep it up for the whole ninety minutes. I mean, if it had ended up one nil to Newcastle, I don't think anybody would saying that would be saying that they didn't deserve it, but. I they would, didn't do enough to hold on to that when they I would say to West Ham, the way Watford play, they attack and they get goals. So if they're playing at home against the Newcastle, that's not really that good. They should be at least getting a goal. Oh no, but I'm saying if Newcastle had won that game, yeah. I wouldn't have said okay. that, oh yeah, Newcastle stole the game. They didn't steal the game. But 
the fact is you're only one goal up. When you're 1-0 up, anything can happen. A deflection, a penalty or whatever. If it ends up one all, that's just, that's on you. Over at the Amex, Brighton won, Everton nil. Say, the goal that was given after an initial bad mistake from the from the linesman, yep. flagging offside, I have to actually give him his plaudits because they revert, well, he reversed his decision and they actually gave the goal, which I like... Yeah, referees don't. Referees and linesmen don't only get a lot of praise. They're going to praise them in this one because they made the right decision at the end. The man VAR'd himself. I don't know if he had an out, <laughs> out of body experience or something, but he looked and said, "Nah, the guy was onside." So that was that. No, it was no, a good, good decision. decision yeah. It was a yeah. Sorry, it was a good decision. At first, I was like, when they when everyone was complaining, went the I thought it was a goal. I thought it was a goal, but everyone was complaining. And he went back and he saw, and I could see how it could have not been given. I could see, like again, it came off the, like maybe from where the linesman was, he couldn't see that it came off of a, a, a an Everton player, Gomez. Yeah, but no, it was a good decision, and then you know, again, VAR is going to cut all these kind of things out most likely, but it was you know they deserve that. To keep with the theme of the last few games, Everton another one to join the inconsistency ranks. There it is, and do you know what? It's the fact that all of these teams are being inconsistent is what's saving them collectively. They're saving themselves because if everybody's inconsistent, then that's the type of consistency in itself. So no one's job is in no one's job. No one's job is in no one's job is in danger because you know, one week you've lost the game that you shouldn't have lost, and everyone else wins. They go ahead of you. Next week you win a game, and everybody else loses the game they shouldn't have lost. It's keeping everybody on part. Like we're saying, that middle of the table is so tight there. Like, you can't be, you know, uh, an owner can't be going to the manager demanding results. And he's like, well, I'm where I should be. Or we're where we are where we should be. Look at the teams around us and look at the points around us. We're still in the fight. You know, even looking at a Brighton who are down towards the bottom of that bunch. They're like two wins in a row. We could be sweet. Like, so what are you saying? The only thing that Everton don't have to fall back on is the rotation. They didn't really rotate. The only people that rotated was Rickarlison from the last game. Yeah. Up, you know what I mean? So they more or less got more the same lineup. So what's their excuse? They should really be putting Brighton away. I think their excuse, or not an excuse, and this is the thing that still continues to baffle me, playing Richarlison as that striker, striker. I don't, like, is, is, is Tosin that bad? Is, is Cenk Tosin that bad that you can't even give him a game because Richarlison has been nullified playing in that striking in that striking role. I don't not completely nullified, but he's not as prolific as he is when he's cutting in through the wing or when he gets a portion of the pitch to play in. Now he's always got to be up the top, up the front there. He can't stretch his leg. You know, he's great at running and dribbling and getting into those spaces. He doesn't get that, especially when he's playing on his own up top. It's not even like they're playing. You know, they they kind of was like like a. Like they're playing one guy up top. It's not like they're playing three attackers. They're playing a four-three-three or something like that, and he can interchange with people. Um, I think that that's hurting them. And I think you know, like yeah, like I say, how bad is is Tosin that he's not even getting in the squads? What do you think? That's what it is. What that he's so bad he's not getting in no, the squads. No, no. What else would it be? No, I mean in terms of the players they've got, I would always put Ricardson or Calvert Lewin before Tosin. Given how they, even they play as a team. Even Calvert-Lewin, like why Calvert you... Calvert-Lewin the last game. The only players that didn't start this game was Calvert-Lewin and Sigurdsson. Yeah. Sigurdsson was in the midfield last game as well. Yeah, 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 yeah. So now he's brought in Ricardson and he put in, I think it was Gay. Gay came back. 
Yeah, but so, Gay needed to come back. Yeah. That's their guy. That's their... Well, didn't really make much difference in this game. They're still lost. But for me, if you know that Richarlison's getting his goals on the wing, it almost doesn't matter that your striker's not getting the goals in the middle. At least you're giving Richarlison his chance to get the goals for you on the wing. But you're taking that option away now by playing him straight through the middle. I don't know. I don't, I, they don't have any excuses. Even if it was Tosin, however, Carvalhoen should have started. Yeah, maybe somebody. dropped off Walker. I don't know why he hasn't sussed that Walker. Maybe because of his name. Sasta Walker is a poser. He needs to come out of the team, put Ricardo on there, have Calvert-Lewin on there. Like like you know how they're doing with Rashford. Rashford have been saying for ages. He should be playing up top. Don't put him on the wing because he's not a winger. He's going to end up being a Walker, not knowing what position he is. Yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? So, same thing. Keep Calvert-Lewin going. Have whoever is on the wing. And then... Keep playing that system. Get them used to that system and you're fine. Or maybe throw it out there. Play Walker through the middle and then play Bernard and Richarlison <laughs> on their not wings. A striker, He's not a striker, but if Richarlison's getting you the goals, it doesn't matter as much. He can help with the link-up play. He can help with the counter-attacks or something like that. Just do something to get Richarlison back into his natural position. On to the fantasy football. As I said, my bragging has stopped. For the meanwhile, I'll be back <laughs> soon. But let's focus on the other, these other people that don't get the accolades as much, in it? So... The worst accolade goes to Omar Senli. Senli Spears, 29 points for the week. Give yourself a pat on the back. <laughs> it happens, man. Terrible. And the accolade for the best team of the week, BNF. Give yourself some accolades, innit? No, I'll say first nothing. First time, yeah, first time. I'll say nothing. I've always <laughs> said it. Accolades. This man's like opposite Arsenal. After Christmas is when he gets good. Exactly. That, that's what always happens. Yeah, it's wait till Easter, isn't it? That two-week bad spell. No, you know, I'm not going to take it. I'm not going to take it because I'm nothing like Arsenal. You know what? Usually, I pick up points from now. This is where I pick up my points. You know the only reason why you're doing well? Why? Because, because you, I believed in my team. Because, they put in Pogba no, it's because and Rashford. It's because you're not in the cup, isn't it? That's why you're playing cup tied and tired of it. <laughs> See, I'm there. I'm working on so, two fronts, isn't it? Full of so much shit. It's unbelievable, don't worry. I'm in, I'm in two things, but it looks like I'm out anyway now. <laughs> Someone banned me. <laughs> All that yapping, now you're out. Oh, you that yappers. He didn't rotate his team, innit? Didn't, oh, oh, yeah, that's what it was. Oh, bro. They, they, they got tired, man. They got tired. Should have rotated, fam. Oh, yeah. I'll be coming back strong anyway. Yeah, yeah, cool. Wild card's available now. Oh, yeah, true. Everybody pay your, play your wild cards. Make good choices. Oh, I know everyone's going to put Pogba in. That's what's peeing me off. I'll pick the next gem. One gem at a time, bro. One <laughs> exactly. gem at a time. One gem exactly. at a time. You're coming down, so you, you sit there laughing. Yeah, we'll see it. I'll kicked out it. the league cup. You get kicked out the league I'm at well. the cup. I'm at the cup. I can focus on one thing only now. That's good. That's good. Drop in. All right. This has been Ball and All Podcast. I'm Flows. BNF. Ben No Filter. Happy New Year. MK. Merry Peace. New Year. Ha, <laughs> <laughs>